This is the European edition of Breaking Banks, the world's number one fintech podcast and radio show. We bring you the European unicorns, startups, founders, regulators and leaders innovating the rapidly evolving fintech scene today. A truly localized podcast with both English and local language content with some of the world's most well-known hosts and influencers in the fintech sector globally. Join us every week as we explore what makes the European Union a phenomenal proving ground for many of the fastest growing fintech plays in the world today. Okay, let's roll. Hey guys, welcome back to Breaking Banks Europe, one of the most popular fintech podcasts of the planet. My name is Matteo Rizzi, I'm the executive producer of the show, and today is show number 94, almost two years of Breaking Banks Europe. The show of today is about Money 2020. Money 2020 is back, and I'm here with uh, the president and the chief strategy of uh, the whole Money 2020 machine, Tracy <laughs> and Scarlett. Welcome to the show. Hello, nice to be here. Hello, Matteo. Nice to see your face and excited for this conversation. So, as usual, let's uh, give uh, Tracy and Scarlett uh, a couple of minutes to introduce themselves much better than the way I've just uh, did. Tracy, over <laughs> to you. Welcome to Breaking Banks Europe. Well, thank you. So, I'm Tracy. I'm president of Money 2020. So, that's the global brand. And I've been at Money 2020 for five years. Um, before that, I was in another part of the group. Um, and uh, I have to say, I think it's probably up there as my most fun job ever. That's a good assessment. That's a good assessment. Scarlett. Yes, Matteo, dear friend. Um, as, as you said, I am Chief Strategy and Growth Officer here for Money 2020 globally. Uh, Tracy's other half as we think about the future of where we're going. Um, I, uh, I was telling Tracy the other day, actually, it's, it's kind of interesting if you take a step back and think I've been a longtime fan of money 2020 and have really seen us from every angle, just as an attendee, as a speaker, as a sponsor, as a track chair. Um, I ran the main stage for Vegas in 2019 and now back in a full-time capacity looking to shake up the future of the industry. And we got some big things coming. Great. I have also numerous anecdotes about uh, Money 2020 because I think my first one was in Vegas in 2013, you know, back into wow. like pre-essential sort of uh, yeah. acquiring. And, uh, uh, you know, back then, uh, you know, we could hardly think of anyone building something that could compete with the cybers of this world, right? And, and I've done some... Uh, uh, 19 cybers in my life, you know, back at back at Swift, and then uh, after as a, as an investor. But uh, you know what happened with uh, with the show, first in Vegas and then in the rest of the of the world of the world was actually amazing. Now we are here to basically talk about uh, a comeback in presence. I would I would call it so. Tracy, why don't you sort of tell us the you know the journey, what people could expect generally, you know how sort of brave it was to take a decision, you know, to be back in presence, you know, we are all super excited. Actually, you know, it would be just worth to come 
to see everyone physically together. You know, if just for that, that would be super worthwhile. But I'm sure that Scarlett uh, later on is going to tell us so many more reasons to, uh, to, to come. Tracy, give us a little bit of overview. Well, it's definitely exciting to bring both shows back because obviously uh, Europe first, then Vegas. We wouldn't normally be running them this close together. Obviously, Europe is normally in June, but for one year only, it'll be in September. And, you know, it feels more exciting because I was in the Netherlands last week. I did a live press conference last week there. And, you know, it all became, it all felt very real and it felt good. And I think the most overused word is excited because I think that we have had a, a gap, probably what, 16, 17 month gap. And, you know, there are some advantages to that, which I'll come to. But I think the main thing that we hear from customers and is, you know, that they want to get back together as an ecosystem, you know, you can do a lot digitally and, you know, look, we're doing this digitally and, you know, digital is fabulous and all of those things. But I think the thing when you think about physical is you don't know who you don't know. And I think so much about, I mean, obviously the show is carefully curated in the sense of everyone who is there has a relevant interest, but you don't know who you don't know. And um, physical is beautifully unlinear and it has a certain serendipity to it. And I think that's really important. I think customers want that. I think the other thing that we've heard from customers is just the scale of what you can achieve at these shows. And you'll know that of being a, a veteran of many, you know, you can do people talk about four months in four days or three months in three days. Just the scale of what you can achieve. Um, so I think they're the reasons. But, you know, we're event organizers. We love events. Uh, we've done some great digital things like Manifest. Um, but I think we're excited to, to get back on the road, as they say. Scarlett, how was, you know, how was for you, you know, getting back into building a content uh, that finally was uh, to be delivered in a non-digital way? You know, seems absurd as a sentence, but that's the case this year. Well, Matteo, we are totally reimagining content. Uh, I know you and I have been having drinks or coffees all over the world. We've been to plenty of events and nothing quite feels like Money 2020. And I think it's the combination of the scale, the experience, as Tracy alluded to, the, the serendipity. But we've really reflected that in our content this year. So if you even spend time looking at the website, uh, the team has worked so diligently thinking through this in new and exciting ways. So the themes are not what you would expect. Themes like creating projects, products you can't imagine, defining a new cast, developing a regenerative gene, finding problems for solutions. These are the way that we're approaching this is unlike anything that we've done before. And the type of people that we have coming this year are big, heavy hitters. I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit later. Um, and the way that in the format that we're delivering it is going to be different too. So it's not the traditional specific keynote fireside chat or whatnot. We're making it much more collaborative so that we as an ecosystem, and that's one thing that's so crucial to me about what we have is that ecosystem component can help shape the future together where it's less of, let me sit here and talk to you, but it's more of let's co-collaborate, let's, let's get big things happening. Let's uh, sort of uh, double click a little bit into, into the format, okay? Because, uh, uh, and by the way, you know, which I sort of missed this in, in, the, in, in the introduction, but uh, Breaking Banks is going to be one of the partners of One in 2020. Uh, we are going to be in Amsterdam interviewing some of the guests. And, you know, th this is also sort of our way to 
amplified, you know, the the, the message and and some of the sort of uh, sneak preview, you know, of uh, what is going to happen there. Uh, let's double click on the format, you know, the challenge, and you know. FTS Group is organizing uh, micro conferences, uh, more like uh, big workshops, uh, and we still have the format challenge, right? Because everyone uh, so far has been thinking of, you know, one too many speaker on a stage. Uh, you know, it can vary from a panel to an Oxford debate uh, to a presentation, but very little has changed, you know, or, and very few people dare to be different, you know. What I did appreciate so far in Monet 2020 is that, and, and kudos to you and the team guys, is that you have been trying to be different since the beginning. You know, if, if nothing else, by the way, you made feel the guests when they come. You know, the whole experience, you know, as, a, as an end user was, was different. So what else is, is happening? Tracy, you know, you have been, of course, you're overseeing all the shows, right? So, and, and, and Scarlett as well, but uh, you have been rethinking or, or being creative uh, in this uh, new formatting, uh, you know, all the time. So what, what can people expect uh, from uh, the new three new versions of, of Monet 2020? Well, it's, you know, we did have a longer gap to think about this and we were very, very intentional on reimagining the shows completely. So the way we felt about it is when someone steps back to a money 2020 this September and October, we wanted it to feel completely different. So I think, you know, one of the things, particularly Europe, but also Vegas, um, there's always been a different sort of look and feel. You know, there's been fintech superheroes in Europe and uh, there was alchemy. And, you know, and so we always take a lot of care with the visual identity, if you like, of the show. And we've moved that on. So there's still a really strong, fun visual uh, and, and a look and feel. So it feels more like a consumer event, more like a sometimes, you know, more like a music festival or those kinds of things where it's got a much more consumer feel where it feels like that. So we've spent a lot of time thinking about the show, what it looks like. We've re-edited both show floors. Um, there's been a lot talked about the circles. Um, so, you know, most um, shows are quite uh, linear, quite grid-like. And we've mixed both shows up, which sounds quite a small detail, but it's quite an important so that the flow of the shows is much more organic. Um, and we worked with um, some big creative agencies to help us re really reimagine, because I think there is a shift that when people come back to live events and as they come back, I think travel is going to be different. And we are seeing and hearing from our customers that I think they will do fewer, bigger events. And they will make those uh, events really count. And we were very mindful of that when we were thinking, you know, we would hope that Money 2020 was one of those big rock shows. Um, but we w didn't want to take any of that from gr for granted. So we've really focused on making sure that we are more exciting, more innovative, bolder to your language than we've ever been before. And, uh, you know, that is what we're aiming to deliver. Now, no mean feat considering, you know, some of the landscape that we've been operating in. So we completely rethought the shows from the ground up. I think the basic formula of what we do, though, and you alluded to it, doesn't change, right? You expect to come to Money 2020 to make connections, to do business, generate leads, partnerships, and have incredible insights. We're not changing any of that. That's what we do for our customers. But how we do that, we're really innovating. So I think that we've had the, I wouldn't call it the luxury of time because I'd much rather have run a show in 2020 and 21. But, you know, we have had longer 
which you know has helped us really stand back and take a completely fresh look to the shows but the core of what we deliver for our customers um is the same how we want to present that is completely different and i think you made the point about people have tried to innovate content i think uh, the way scarlet and team have looked at the content is completely different i mean scarlet maybe you want to go into some of the conversation stuff and the hive mind stuff because i think that is where we are trying to be truly different and collaborative rather than just big speaker on stage talks to to big audience which is of course important scarlet yeah absolutely um just hearing you talk about that gets me excited tracy to think about the journey and where we're going but um so before before i get to the the specifics of that piece mateo what you mentioned is the idea of okay so you have the traditional keynotes the fireside chats and things like that um we've spent a lot of time thinking about this we've spent a lot of time out in the ecosystem asking our customers what they want and because we really do sit at the center of all of this, it, you, you, we have to think about it from a holistic perspective to make sure that we're we're thinking about things for the masses and also for specific people, for specific customers. And so even when you think about the, the keynote, the idea that someone will be speaking as an individual to a group of people will still exist, but the delivery of that's going to look totally different. It will be more of a amphitheater type thing with the stage in the middle and seats all around versus flat out. So you're looking around anywhere you're going, you're feeling more included in that conversation and less isolated. Um, the other idea we've, we've been really working a lot on, so that's reflective in our stages too. So you have names like the hive, the core, the assembly, where people can come together. One of our stages has um, the the main stage where people are, are speaking with a bunch of other working groups around it. So as conversations are happening, people have the ability to step back, say, oh my God, that was a really interesting point. I didn't know that someone was going to apply KYC that way. What do you think about that? Let's talk. So we're really, we have, from a physical perspective, we are, we've reimagined the show so that when things are sparked, ideas are sparked from what's shared on the stage, there's able the ability to go and make actions on that. The second part of that, in terms of the hive mind that I alluded to a little bit earlier, is the idea that we're going to have what we're calling challenges. So there are very specific problems. And this, this idea at the highest level has is not brand new, but the way that we're executing it is actually the biggest challenge. And the thing that we're most excited about, challenge pun intended, is that um, you take we're taking ideas and concepts that we've done a ton of research on. We have the team to say these are the right things that people care about. And we're hand selecting 10 to 15 super senior people. We're talking CEOs of big companies, the incumbents. We're talking CEOs of fintechs. We're talking the regulators. We're hand selecting 15 people to be part of that conversation over a period of time and then bringing in the spontaneity piece where whoever is really passionate, the only the only caveat is you have to come in and have an impact. You can't come in or sit as a statue and not say anything. So you want to be part of that conversation. Great. You have to have something to say. But to make sure that the conversation goes smoothly, we're hand selecting a, you know, a portion of that group to make sure that the right uh, perspectives, points of view, and all the different parts of the ecosystem are all representative uh, to move that conversation forward outside of the show. And we're doing a bunch of stuff with uh, extending it um, post-show as well. I think that the time has come to sort of unveil a little bit more about the content and, and the speakers. So tell us maybe, and you know, I'll start with you, Scarlett, and, and then with you, Tracy, you know, a couple of speakers and topics that you're most excited uh, you're most excited about. 
Sure. I'm, I'm happy to take the, the first pass of that. So I, I just joined on um, in, in May and the team had been working so hard to get to where we are now to build out um, the content that we have. And I'm very inspired by and impressed with what they've come up with. So when I take a step back and look at the landscape and what we, what we, what we need and what we have, because we serve all parts of that ecosystem, we need to have all those voices represented. So I will give you a a few different thoughts here, Mateo, and then Tracy can certainly add to it. Um, So I would say we have, we have the incumbents, right? So we have uh, but not just the incumbents, the biggest, most powerful ones. We have Anna Botin, who is the chairwoman of Santander Group, showing up, going to be talking. I'm, I'm sure you've seen it, but she did a she did a um, uh, a talk and also an article uh, around kind of the the regulatory impact on a few things that got a lot of attention. So she's going to be elaborating on that. Um, we have Julia Hoggett, who's the CEO of the London Stock Exchange. Um, that one, we cannot tell you what she's talking about because she wants to keep that under wraps until then. But the idea that she's, it's incredible. I I got off a call with the content team two days ago and we're leading up to show. So we're all a bit exhausted. Right. And the energy in the room was just like, I just got off the phone with Julia. I cannot wait for this show. It's going to be incredible. I just, I love that. Um, of course we have some of our friends and Claire Calmaget from, from uh, Society General. She's got some big announcements she wants to make about what Society General is doing. Um, more broadly, we have the CPO, Raphael from Deutsche Bank. So you've got the incumbents covered. There's plenty more there. Then you got the fintech. So we have Adrian Mall, the founder of Molly. We have Shakar, the CEO of Curve. Um, the other two, though, when we think about the fintechs that I'm super pumped by is the influence of African fintech that's going expanding outside just of Africa. So we have both the CEO and co-founder of Paystack and the founder and CEO of Flutterwave joining us, um, Shala and uh, Ali Dalia. I totally butchered their names. I am so sorry for that, but I'm so I'm when the team was talking to me about well, the ability just, to just to call them these e, great individuals. Yes. E. I, uh, everyone know everyone know with the first by the first letter of their name in Africa. It's fine. Yeah, they're but they're both incredible, right? So if you think about Paystack, got acquired by Stripe this year for you know close to two hundred million dollars. You think about Flutterwave, they're now valued at you know a billion dollars. So these are big big fintechs out of Africa moving outside of the continent and expanding. And that's why, I mean, I've watched in my former capacities, and you know this, Matteo, I've watched a lot of what's happening um, in Latam and Africa and parts of APAC. And just, so to see that migration over is super exciting. So the fact that we have two of the biggest fintech CEOs in Africa at our stage is going to be incredible. Um, I have some more, but let me take a pause and make sure if there's anything, Tracy, that you want to add as well well clearly scarlet stole every name i was going to say mateo so uh as, as we would expect but i think it does raise a point i mean the story on wanting to attract anna botan to the stage is a long one i think we've been trying for since 2016 since we launched in copenhagen so you know that feels we've always wanted to reach that that moment um and uh, again, you know, with uh, Julia Hoggart, you know, with the IPO activity going on in the market and more to come, you know, I think that's quite an interesting perspective. As you say, we're not releasing what she's talking about. That's going to be a surprise. And we do like to keep surprises um, for at the show um, rather than share everything in advance. I think, you know, that does underline an important point, though, about Money 2020, aside from just attracting 
the speakers is that we've been very, very committed to diversity and inclusion since the beginning, um, and particularly since 2017, um, and really, uh, you know, that underlines, uh, you know, everything that we're doing in that area, um, and not just about gender, but some of the new initiatives that we have. So um, delighted to be able to call out two very high-profile female um, keynotes. I think uh, I think I was going to say Molly because I think it's quite an interesting Dutch story. And um, interestingly, I think we've got Spotify head of payment speaking. I always think those quite interesting other businesses that rely on payments embedded fintech are quite interesting. So I think that's quite an interesting one. Um, but worth saying that we haven't announced everything yet. There's more to come that we can't possibly share. Of course. And actually, I, I would love you, uh, Tracy, to comment uh, a bit more about this uh, sort of uh, uh, Afri blending uh, emerging markets content, you know, into, into Money 2020 Europe. Because yeah. I, you know, I, I'm actually I'm an investor in uh, in in African startups, you know, since 2015, <clears throat> with different funds, and uh, I was actually I'm an investor in Flutterwave. Actually, I, I did the Flutterwave yeah. deal with back with the Media Network uh, back in 2015, and the way they raised money was uh, was was unbelievable, <clears throat> and I believe that uh, today there is not enough. Uh, reference to the African market yeah. to the point where we're actually missing the opportunity to see what technology, what impact technology could have in a continent or in an ecosystem with less regulation so far. So with startups that are freer, you know, to move yeah. and to scale and to expand. And there are actually sort of hints that uh, uh, Western economies could actually take. And, and there is no place, and I'm so I didn't know actually this uh, sort of uh, African scent, you know, in in uh, in uh, in in twenty twenty Europe. I think is actually you know an amazing uh, an amazing initiative. And also, I, I read a little bit about you, Tracy. I know that you're super keen, and and you've been working a lot into uh, the bringing diversity, you know, into the content and to you know into every type of event. I saw some of your of your uh, collaboration, uh, please, sorry, I'm, I, I shouldn't speak that long, but I'm super excited to hear whenever I hear Africa and Europe mixing up uh, uh, together. Well, I think it's a, a question, it's a good question because there's diversity on many areas. I think that one of the trends we have definitely seen uh, over the past two or three years is the move of the show talking about just the market it sits in and wanting more outside conversation coming in, if that's a way of describing it. We saw that, I think, in Vegas shift where, you know, we now have regular content programs around China, Asia, LATAM, for example, where there's a, a really big thirst. And then, you know, we have those communities around the show. There's a big LATAM contingent that come into Vegas. Uh, and we've seen that build out. So I think we've really seen that sort of build um, and I think in Europe, there's a lot more we can do. I mean, Scarlett has just referenced, you know, some, you know, starting points. I wouldn't think we'd, you know, scrape the surface yet because you're right. It is a really exciting market and a lot of the, you know, mobile innovation there. And, you know, there've been some longstanding big players, but I think that landscape is much more interesting than, you know, than we have yet brought into the show, which is why I know Scarlett and the team were really delighted to, to start that more fulsomely. So I think you're right, because I think it isn't just about diversity of who's on the stages, but it's about diversity of topic, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And we, we're absolutely committed to that. Um, 
I, I mean, specifically, I'm not an expert on the African fintech scene as you are, uh, Matteo, uh, clearly. Um, but luckily, I have people like Scarlett and the team who work on Europe who, um, you know, program that together. So, but I think if you look at show attendance, I mean, you have more than 65 countries attending Europe this year. Um, and, you know, Vegas is normally up in the 80 plus, 90 plus. So, you know, they're very, very diverse from the attendance, even though the focus will be on the sort of Europe ecosystem if you uh, follow. So we're open to making them even more diverse. Okay, Tracy, there is actually a question that uh, I wanted to ask you specifically. And uh, you sort of you representing, uh, you know, like the entrepreneurs in the event space that had to take tough decisions right in the past 18 months you know because of the because of the pandemic and i actually you know if you could share sort of being synchronizing you know with the souls of all these entrepreneurs like us you know organizing events how was it to sort of deal with uncertainty at a certain point in time to say, you know what, let's do it, you know, because I suppose that this is the fact of uh, running uh, two shows in, in, in the fall. It wasn't taken two weeks ago, right? You can't, exactly. So, but by the time this decision was taken, you certainly were not certain just yet that things were going back to normal. So how was it to deal with this uncertainty? Because it, it, takes, it takes courage a lot, a bit of luck, for sure, you know, and, and I'm super happy, you know, touching boots, you know, now we are three weeks from the show, you know, it's, it's, it's going to happen. Yeah. So we can safely say that you took the right decision. So now you can happily talk about it. But tell us a little bit, you know, as, as a president of, uh, of, uh, of a business that is, of a business that is actually you know, based, you know, on something that was so, so unpredictable, how was it to deal with it? Yeah, um, it's been, it's been an interesting journey, to put it mildly. Um, and I think, you know, for our customers and for our staff, you know, they, you know, our customers desperately want us to run the shows because that's how they do business. It's a key way that they do business. And our team love delivering great experiences for our customers so, you know, there was nothing more painful than not being able to deliver the show in 2020. And we really wanted to. And we tried along with, you know, events as itself is a massive industry that employs millions of people. So, you know, it is an important industry. Um, and so for many reasons, we wanted to be able to deliver the shows last year and we couldn't. Um, so when it came to 2021, we did take the decision early. We were um, comfortable and confident, particularly as the vaccination uh, rollout started to happen globally. Um, and that started to get confirmed last December. So we announced the shows in January. That was when we said these shows are going ahead. And we came out with the new look plan, you know, the new floor plan, the edited floor plan and everything that I've talked about. So yeah, we did make that call quite early. I mean, one of the things about these shows is they are very big and they take a lot of planning. You cannot put them together in three weeks. Um, you have to forward plan. And even doing it in nine months is tough. We usually need a full 12 months to do them. So we've done it because we believe we can do it and because we have the support of our customers to do it and people want to come and do business. 
Um, but yes, it adds certain complexity, but, you know, our teams are uh, brilliant and are navigating lots of different rules as they change in different jurisdictions, et cetera, et cetera. And they've become very adept at that. Um, but everything is so that we can deliver for the fintech ecosystem to come together to have the conversations that got paused, the connections that didn't happen. Because as I said earlier, as you know, you know, you bump into people at Money 2020 that you couldn't meet anywhere else, that you didn't think you were going to meet. You can set meetings all you like ahead, but there will always be those meetings that you just happen to get that do change the course of things. And I hear that story a lot. You know, you mentioned about entrepreneurs. You know, I know so many businesses that have scaled up, have started small at Money 2020. And I think about Air Wallet, who started Frogster, Feeds Eye. You know, these are all Marketa. You know, all of those companies that have, you know, started at Money 2020, Plaid, you know, and then have gone on to be these incredible. So, you know, we felt we wanted to bring it back. But, you know, to the point, and there is a very serious point here, we need to do that safely. And, you know, we are, I'm very aware that we are still operating in, you know, a health pandemic. We've taken that very seriously. Both shows have published the protocols of how we will operate the shows. That will have to keep updating because I'm afraid the situation changes. But, you know, we are committed to operating, um, you know, as safe as we can shows with all of the protocols that we put in. And that's our job as well, as well as you know, individual accountability for maintaining, you know, whatever social distancing or whatever happens to be the rule at the time that we run the show. So, yeah, that was quite a, a long answer. But yes, we took an early decision. We've been bold. We've been brave. Uh, but with our customers, um, our customers have really supported us to want to bring the shows back. And, you know, we don't do this for ourselves. We do it. We can only do it with customers. So in in the meantime, uh, you know, I can I, I I will like steal the show of Scarlett a little bit because she named <laughs> a couple of a couple of guests that you know one of them is a, one of my best friends in the fintech space, which is Daniel Marovitz. Dan Marovitz, uh, the SVP of fintech in Booking.com, recently promoted in a, in a, in a newly constructed role called the head of fintech. That for someone like book for a company like Booking.com, you know, it tells uh, it tells a lot. And then, you know, she's naming Roland Palmer, the, the Alipay North and West Europe director, mm -hmm. you know, of the, of the M Group, which really makes, uh, you know, it, it, it gives the importance of uh, uh, what we call embedded finance, you know, all this, mm -hmm. all this fintechs, fintech services embedded in uh, traditional uh, or non-fintech uh, businesses, uh, which together with DeFi, you know, which I'm sure is also going to be covered in terms of, in terms of content, uh, are the two trends that, uh, you know, before COVID, uh, we have seen covered uh, not uh, with the right uh, sort of uh, amplification, you know, it, 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 embedded finance is really something that exploded in terms of content uh, only only 12 months ago, and I'm super happy that uh, he's going to be well represented at, at Money 2020. Uh, Tracy, you know, any final recommendation, which is not uh, let's meet in uh, three weeks uh, <laughs> um, from now. I'm super excited, uh, you know, to be a partner of yours, uh, to meet you in person. Uh, hopefully, you know, you, I, I'm sure you're going Definitely. to- Definitely. Exactly. I'll you, be there. You're going to be in Amsterdam. And uh, guys, uh, stay with us, you know, and uh, you know, I hope that this sneak peek uh, sort of uh, triggered your, your curiosity 
enough to to buy your ticket if you if you haven't yet. And uh, Tracy and Scarlett, thank you very much for being with us today. You're very welcome, and I look forward to seeing you in Amsterdam soon. Great. Guys, that's Money 2020 Europe, episode 94, and it's a wrap. Thanks for listening to Breaking Banks Europe, a Provoke Media podcast in cooperation with Fintech Stage. Don't forget to tweet us out, shout out, or post to the team at Breaking Banks EU on Twitter. If there's something or someone you'd like to hear on our cast, let us know. See you next week on Breaking Banks Europe.